0: news daily. Thanks for being here. What an awesome show today. So much fun. I love when I have a whole show planned and then we talk about none of it <laughs> like everything, and it's great. Those are the best ones uh, in passing. Uh, well, maybe not passing. We did one segment, I should say. And we talked about the dinks, dual income, no kids. And the phones just went off the hook for the whole show. I don't know if in this segment or not, John called in I don't know if it was this segment or the next, but John said uh, he's 35, his wife's 38 or the other way around, and they chose not to have kids because the world's too crazy. It's too crazy of a world. We can't bring kids into this world. And I was like, oh, so how is it crazy? Well, uh, people don't respect law enforcement. People don't respect guns. They don't have any gun. Away. They don't respect the Second Amendment. And uh, kids today, they, you know, they used to want to be astronauts and firefighters and doctors, and now they want to be influencers and I was so taken aback because I've never heard a conservative make that I've heard environmentalists make that argument but I've never heard conservatives act on the argument that the world's too crazy and I this, this, you don't have to have kids but that's just the worst argument ever not to have kids so he was really what catapulted a million phone calls afterwards which is just wonderful so you can hear the whole show on SiriusXM XM Patriot I recommend you do this This is one of those shows because the calls are so great afterwards uh, but here is our opening segment on the problems with the dinks <laughs> I feel bad even have you heard this word? DINKS. I feel bad even saying it. I feel like it's uh like some sort of slur or something. Like I'm not allowed to say dinks. Like forever you couldn't say queer. You can't say someone's queer. And now like that's what you're supposed to say, I guess. That's the Q, an LGBTQ. You're like, okay, I guess we can say queer now. Uh so dinks. Dual income, no kids. So dinks me. Dual income, no kids. So this used to be the yuppie, young urban professional, and then it was like the gay guys, were the dinks, and uh, dual income no kids, and now it's they're straight people. They call themselves dinks, and um, th- th- it's like a thing now. Like and like they like they think it's great, and the, these so these dinks have been making these videos like a little video trend going around on the interwebs. And these are two of the more popular ones in case you've missed them.
1: We're dinks, we're gonna get asked daily when we plan on having kids.
0: We're dinks, of course we're gonna go out to eat every night after work. We're dinks, we don't have to ask our family for financial help or to watch our kid when we wanna go out. We're dinks, we're gonna go to Costco and buy all the snacks in bulk that we want. We're dinks, we have disposable income to spend on whatever we would like and don't have to spend on a kid. We're Dinks. I'm going to go to every football game and play 18 holes whenever I want. We're Dinks. We're going to get asked at every single family event what we're doing with our lives. Right, here's another one. We're Dinks. We go to Trader Joe's and workout classes on the weekends. We're Dinks. We get into snobby hobbies like skiing and golfing. We're Dinks. We can go to
1: Florida on a whim. We're Dinks. We're already planning our European vacation next year. Dinks, we get a full 8 hours of sleep and sometimes more. <laughs> We're dinks, we get desserts and appetizers at restaurants. We're dinks, we can play with other kids and give them back. <laughs> We're dinks, we still do it 3 times a week. We're dinks, we spend our discretionary income on $8 lattes. <laughs> We're
0: dinks, we max out our 401k's, Roth IRAs and HSAs.
1: We're dinks, we don't use our kids
0: or dog as an excuse to leave a party. We just leave. <laughs> okay. So, here's the thing about these these uh these dinks every one of them they're like 30 30 year adult 30 year old adults or something and because they don't have kids they can now buy stuff so all they do is buy stuff and eat that's like their big that's their big flex that's their life they could buy like look, look, we're free we can buy stuff and eat snacks I can buy all the snacks I want. It's like, you, you, you can have kids and eat snacks if you want. All right, so here's here's the problem with this. Uh, you cannot have kids. It's totally okay. You don't have to have kids. The good thing about having kids, one of the good things, is it's a shortcut to not being wildly self-centered in your life. Because you can't. You, can, you just can't. There's, there's no way you can do what you want. Dude, you can't like wife and I, we'd never sit on the couch. And this weekend, this is the perfect day. This weekend, wife and I, we sat on the couch. We're like, let's just sit on the couch. Can we sit on the couch for a minute? And the seven, five and, and three year old, they can, they're great at playing on their own. And we sat on the couch and it was about eight seconds in like comically. It was whatever the, the perfectly comical amount of time sitting on the couch was maybe eight seconds. And then James, who's one fell and he hit his head and we had to get up. So there's the, the end of sitting <laughs> sitting on the couch. Neither of us, want, we looked at each other like, oh. none of us wanted to get up, but we had to get up. And, you know, a decade or two of those little micro moments of here's what I want to do for me compared to here's what needs to happen <laughs> and choosing here's what needs to happen will clearly make you a different person over time and I'd argue a better person. But it's not that kids... Right. It, it, like it, it, that just happens to be the kid who does this to you. But you can still live a life of sacrifice and discipline and self control without kids. It's, right? it's, it's not the, it's these, these kids, these people's problem. It's not the no kids that's a problem. It's the selfishness and the self centeredness. And then with that self centeredness, your existence is so empty that your big your big excitement is you can buy the snacks. Like there's no kids in my life so I get to buy all the snacks I want. Like none of the things they said are impressive or like I oh, we can buy eight dollar lattes like when? Like man, go get a hobby. Go get a hobby. Go do something impressive. Take all the time you have and go create something. Don't just consume. All they do is consume. The man wants you to be a mindless consumer. God wants you to go and create. See the difference? The man wants you to sit and just take. And God wants you to go and build. And when you have a kid, you're inherently building. Like you're creating and building a thing, right? A person, a man, a woman. You're building it. So that that's a good way to use your God-given calling to to build and create, right? But if you don't have that, you can still go do that just in other ways. And I don't even care what it is. It doesn't. It doesn't even matter really what it is. You can go paint, go uh, uh, be, go, go a good carpenter or something. Like go get a hobby in some way. Go create something. And there's many many ways to serve others too. That's it. That you have to create and serve. That's it. That's the point. Create and serve. And the issue is, these dinks, their lives are all about consumption and self centeredness. Are you with me? So it's not the kids themselves necessarily, although I can make an argument it is too, but the, having a kid is a surefire way to not consume for yourself and not think about yourself. When you have a kid that we call it boot camp, the first few months versus like three to six months or so, we call it boot camp. When you're getting up in the middle of the night, that will absolutely shove in your face that life is not about you, <laughs> right? There's no, there's no other way around that. You, you have to learn the lesson that life is not about you, and that's a good lesson. You think about the, the seven deadly sins, right? Really, the root of them all is it's about you. Whether it's lust, it's about you. Lust isn't about loving another person; it's about that person serving you. That's, that's the whole point of it. They're all, they're all self-centered. Gluttony, greed, pride, sloth, vainglory, lust. I'm missing one. I'm missing, that's six. All right, what am I missing? Gluttony, greed, pride, sloth, vainglory, and lust. I forget the other one. Forgetfulness. But like all that's what the dink world is. It's all of these things celebrated. I don't like celebrating sin. I don't like celebrating ugliness and that's what this dink thing is it's not the no kids you don't have to have kids go create something and go serve others don't just go walking around bragging about how you get to eat all the snacks you want all the time let me save taylor because taylor Taylor swift she's time person of the year taylor swift's a dink She's a single. Well, she's she like a boyfriend now. So, whatever. Like, kind of dual income. Uh, no kids. She's thirty three, and we worship her. Our society worships her, and I don't. I don't have any terrible beef against Taylor Swift. I think she's fine. But like, it could be worse. Like, like uh, Nicki Minaj could be the person that you'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, hold on, uh, Taylor." Whatever. But it's definitely a reflection of our society, and that's not good. Like the childless cat woman? The, the, she's, the, she's the person of the year. That's who, we're, that's who we want all young girls to be. And we all worship her. And I think a lot of the dinks worship her as well. Uh, so there's a survey done. 84% of Americans, 84% believe that enjoying yourself is the highest goal of life. That's real. That's a real thing. The highest goal of life is enjoying yourself. Huh. 86% think that to enjoy yourself you must pursue the things you desire most. And the problem is you don't really know what's people don't really know what's good for you. You don't So if you desire it you have to that's it. You, you desire it, therefore you have to go get it and therefore you'll be happy. 86% believe that. 91% agree that to find yourself you look within yourself. It's so so wrong that is so not true so obviously not true to find yourself look within yourself oh that's so brutal so I don't know these guys David Kinneman and Gabe Lyons I don't know them so I can't uh, affirm them in any way but they came up with the modern day six commandments Here are the six commandments in our modern world today. Number one, your mind is the source and standard of truth. So no matter what, trust yourself. Hashtag the answers are within. Number two, your emotions are authoritative. So never question or let anyone else question your feelings. Hashtag follow your heart. Your emotions are always right. Whatever you feel is true. Number three, you are sovereign. So flex your omnipotence and bend the universe around your dreams and desires. Hashtag live your truth. Number four, you are supreme. So always act according to your chief end to glorify and enjoy yourself forever. Hashtag YOLO. Number five, you are summum bonum, the standard of goodness. So don't let anyone oppress you. Hashtag never change. That's great. (laughs) And number six, you are the creator. So use that limitless creative power to craft your identity and purpose. Hashtag authenticity. I'm not here to uh, Bible thump, but just from a anthropological sociological perspective, those are the exact opposite things of what our society was built on just just so you know like those are all the opposite of what we built our civilization on. I'll make one more point about kids. We can take some calls if you want eight six six nine five Patreon. There's an argument that I heard that people crave to be awed. A-W-E-D, awed. And the, argument, the, the, the proof of this argument is that you know, all these people, uh, 35,000 people a year uh, climb Mount Everest, and five million people go to the Grand Canyon, and four million people go to Yosemite, and 30 million people go to the Niagara Falls, and we look at these big things in nature, and deep down we crave awe. And one of the reasons why we crave this is because when you go to a grand place like that, rightfully you feel very small. You feel very small. You feel very, uh, you feel less self-important, and that's good. We don't naturally crave that. Like we, like we don't on our own do that. Like throughout the day, we're all about feeling big and proud. But when you go to a big thing of nature, you feel tiny, and then you're awestruck. And when you're awestruck, you start to think less of yourself and you think more of other people and you start to think of like transcendent things. And you start to become humble. Humility is is not thinking less of yourself. Like, oh, I'm terrible, I'm awful. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I would argue that one of the many ways to experience awe, there's a lot of them, but one of them is to have a human child come from your wife's womb. <laughs> like thats That's pretty awesome. That's pretty awe-inspiring. That's awesome. Again, you don't have to have kids. You don't have to get married. I, there's many ways to get out of yourself. And I would argue as long as you're creating things and serving others, you're on the right track. But that's not it. These dinks are all about like, the pettiest, the pettiest self-serving, self-centered consumption life. And you're like, oh, wow, that's the sad part. It's not the no kids. It's the what you're choosing to do with your free time and how you're choosing to waste it—that's the sad part. So watch out for this. This dink. I—I I, I have a, a thing. We've never done this intro, but let's talk about celebrating ugliness. And you—you uh, you see it a lot on on the internet. People are like, "Here's my house. It's a disaster. Here's my life. It's a disaster. Aren't I great?" And it's like, mm, I think we should. I'm gonna love this. <laughs> this whole like theme. And this part of it. I think this is celebrate. Look at our lives. We're actually miserable. Welcome back to Breitbart News Daily. Again, all the phone calls, that's what you really need out of that segment, are the phone calls afterwards. Uh, and that's on Sirius XM Patriot. Uh, so we also talked with a Texas state representative, uh, who David Spiller is his name, who wrote SB4. And this makes it illegal to be illegal in Texas, which is fantastic. Unfortunately, it needs to be the case because federal government not doing their job. Uh, but Texas filling the gap, and uh, this is a wonderful bill. So here are the details with the guy who wrote it. Assemblyman, how are you today, sir?
1: I'm great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's
0: really good to talk to you. Uh, hey, uh, guys, I still got uh, a mic on in the background. I got an echo here. If you
1: oh, okay, know. okay. No, no,
0: no, that's not you, David. Sorry, that's on our side. Um, right. Sir, thanks for being here, and thank you for SB4. So uh, before we get to what it is, can you tell us from your perspective, from Texas's perspective, uh, how bad is the situation of illegal immigration?
1: Well, it's a crisis uh it's bad and it's and it appears that it's getting worse every day. you know when i I look at the statistics of wh- where we were when I started this and where we are now, I mean we just keep getting more and more bad information about what's coming across. The latest thing, I guess with uh, all these Chinese nationals, uh Afghans, and others that are coming uh, I think've uh, they had uh, since october first sixty five hundred Chinese nationals. Uh, over 700 Afghans uh, We've had encounters Board patrol has had encounters with those folks uh, They've warned us back in October of uh, Hamas Hezbollah and Palestinian Islamic jihadists uh, That are Be on the lookout for them And then of course uh, we know, know That uh, for fiscal year 2023 we had 169 Documented uh, folks on the FBI Terror watch list and those are just the ones that we know about. So uh, the statistics continue to just overwhelm us, and, it, uh, and the Biden administration continues to do absolutely nothing.
0: Okay, so what have you, as the state of Texas, over the last few years, not been able to do? Like, Where, where has your authority stopped? Where have you been handcuffed by the federal government uh, that, that has frustrated you?
1: Well, currently, uh, under, under state law, under Texas law, Really, the only tool uh, that law enforcement has to address this, because we don't have SB4 in in, in effect currently uh, until it's signed and we implement that, uh, really, unless a law enforcement officer sees something more serious, they have an on-view offense of something more serious, whether it be smuggling, whether it be any other felony, uh, something that would uh, result in a long-term incarceration, really the only tool that they have Uh, other than just relying on the federal government to do its job is uh, to charge someone with criminal trespass. But that's, and so we've got a lot of our jails and a lot of the folks uh, through operation Lone Star through governor Abbott that, uh, that uh, we've allocated beds for that we detain those people charge those people. But, but that offense uh, in Texas is a class B misdemeanor punishable by not more than six months in County jail. And so we're slowing it down if we apprehend those people, detain those people, charge those people, incarcerate those people. But we're spending money to, 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 to do all those things. And then at the end of it, we turn them over to ICE. ICE turns them over to Border Patrol. And they are then turned around. And those folks presumably are assimilated into the population uh, just like everyone else is uh, that oh, comes wow. across. And so it's
0: oh, wow. so, 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 so they just spend, deterrent. Yeah, so they just spent six months here in jail. And then they're let back out in America.
1: Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah,
0: that's that's not good. Okay, so you sponsored SB4. What does SB4 do?
1: Well, SB4, for the first time, uh, which I think is the strongest border security bill in the history of Texas and probably history of our nation that a state has done, uh, provides for the offenses of illegal entry, illegal reentry, and also uh charging someone with uh failure to comply with an order to return so here it's patterned after federal law this is nothing new these laws are federal laws that have been on the books for decades and so for example illegal entry if if uh someone uh if an alien as that term is defined under federal law uh crosses or attempts to cross uh into our state from a foreign nation at a place other than uh, a lawful port of entry Uh, then they are charged and can be charged and convicted with illegal entry. And uh, that's a Class B misdemeanor. Again, we're dealing with misdemeanors. It's not necessarily uh, in and of itself that's not a serious offense. But part of the the component of that is uh, it is designed so that law enforcement can take that person to an independent magistrate Uh, The law enforcement officer determines if probable cause exists, that they've met each and every element of that offense. They're taken to a magistrate. The magistrate, if they make that determination, they give uh, the person the option. They say, look, uh, we will prosecute you, lock you up and and prosecute you. And assuming that we have a conviction at the end of that, we will return you to the foreign nation, to the port of entry, uh, to a port of entry from the foreign nation from which you uh, uh, arrived. However, we will give you the option uh, to take you there now, if you agree to go back uh, to the country from which you kind of came presumably from Mexico, and so all of these are designed uh, that 's designed after eight u s c thirteen twenty five uh, and so these are these are patterned after that they 're not in conflict with that, and we believe uh, for for several reasons is completely constitutional
0: okay so just to make sure i 'm hearing this right it's it, it wouldn't really change what is illegal or not it would change the punishment for
1: well it, it would change what's illegal because now we we've created a state criminal offense and so that is new that is a change and so in and part of that is they would be ordered uh if an independent master determined that that uh, that they've done this they would be given the option to return and so rather than those folks being incarcerated they'd be taken to a port of entry and ordered back uh to uh presumably to mexico and it's on the Uh, other
0: other side of the border that's the key difference i'm hearing
1: the way it is now is they refuse, let go here if they refuse to go back then we're then that uh is refusal to return that is a second degree felony uh, which they can be incarcerated for up to 20 years. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Interesting. So clearly the better option for them is to just go back to Mexico now.
1: Absolutely. That's the incentive. And, okay. and that would be what if they know that that is the end game and they know that that's where we're going, the idea would be to deter this illegal immigration. We, you know, we're, we're not opposed to immigration, as long as it's legal, we're opposed to illegal immigration and, and all the things that come with it.
0: Okay, all right, so I got some uh, counters here. So uh, actually, one more back question. So your Texas law enforcement, so Texas police officers, right? Unless, is yes. there a, are there any, is, is it just Texas police officers? Um, would you be patrolling the border? Would this only be enforced by illegal immigrants at the border? Or could you find an illegal immigrant somewhere else in Texas and enforce this SB4?
1: It is a statewide law, so you could have, if if you had a law enforcement officer uh, came upon someone and and they uh, had probable cause to believe that someone passed and that they violated this, uh, could they be prosecuted for it? Yes. However, I anticipate that 95%, uh, at least of the enforcement of this, will be within 50 miles of the border. And that's simply because the further you get away from the scene of the crime, the less likely it is. Uh, that any law enforcement officer would be able to prove or, or have probable cause that each and every element of those of that offense has been met. And so most of these folks may be observed crossing the border, uh, but we have other uh, methods and means uh, with which to ascertain that, whether it be by electronic surveillance and other things that we're using right now under Operation Lone Star. Uh, so, I I've been asked that question. And, and, you know, what if someone in Dallas comes up and stops someone and asks, says, hey, show me your papers and so forth? That's kind of what the Arizona did yes, back in yes. 2010. The Arizona case, uh, this uh, Arizona versus U.S. case is the subject of some of this and what, uh, you know, is kind of the controlling authority. And we've tried to steer clear of that. And so this there's no burden on anyone to show any papers or do anything. It's based on what law enforcement uh, can prove and can prove beyond a reasonable doubt. So uh, let me clarify also, yeah. a misdemeanor, and these are misdeme- uh, illegal entry, is a misdemeanor offense. The statute of limitations for that is two years. So clearly, uh, uh-huh. as with all misdemeanors in Texas, so anything that happened before two years, we're we're not targeting people that have got here beyond that or three years have been here three years, five years, 10 years. I've said, look, we're not after someone's grandmother that's been here 50 years. This is for people that, that are currently crossing our border illegally that we're yes. trying to stop.
0: Very, very, very good. Okay. I'm glad you brought up uh, SB 1070. I, I haven't thought about it for a long time, but I'm, I'm actually surprised talking to you. Obviously I'm a huge supporter of this bill. Um, but I'm surprised there's not way more outrage across the country. Because I think we all remember Arizona's SB 10, 1070, and it was total freak out. Uh, the whole show me your papers, freak out, out of control. Uh, and this, I think, unless I just kind of missed it, it's kind of flown under the radar. Good, right? That Texas, you can do you can do the right thing uh, without a, a ton of uh, irrational outrage about it. But how about this question? Uh, so we're talking to the Texas state rep, uh, David Spiller, sponsor of this bill. Um, okay, what about this argument? Police officers in Texas, assemblymen, this is not their job. They're not prepared to patrol the border. Uh, They're they're doing other police officer things, and this is outside of their uh, their law enforcement capabilities. What do you say?
1: Well, I think uh, many, this would be something new, but we have many laws uh, that deal with a variety of subjects that our law enforcement officers are trained to investigate, look at a totality of the circumstances, and make determinations. I don't think that this is going to be a major uh, part of what those that are away from the board are doing. But we did not want to tie law enforcement's hands. It, uh, to the extent that it could be a circumstance where they, uh, someone in in the Panhandle, or someone in, uh, uh, for those that don't know where that, that's Amarillo, Lubbock, up in that area, that that they come across a situation and uh, and believe that that's happened, could they could they be prosecuted on this? Yes but it's less likely. But the idea that people are just gonna round folks up and take them to jail in mass force and so forth, that's just not going to happen. That's not what SB4 is designed to do. And you, a law enforcement officer wouldn't, uh, you know, uh, they don't have, if they don't have the evidence, they're not going and have probable cause at each and every element of that offense occurred. I mean, some of those folks, they're not gonna know when they crossed. They're not gonna know where they crossed. Uh, they, they don 't have any idea uh, and so they, you know and and if yeah. you and somebody said, "Well, what if they ask them those questions well that 's considered what we call custodial interrogation and uh, if they haven 't read them their rights and explained not to answer those questions or that that bad things happen if or could happen if they do, then none of that is admissible so uh, again that 's why we brought in the additional safeguards and due process of bringing not just law enforcement officers making that determination but also an independent magistrate or a judge
0: okay that's good. so this seems very limited but in a good way very targeted is a, is a good way
1: for it and you really yes. have to
0: see someone come across the border illegally in order to have that probable cause but that's fine because we but see it, it all the time it's not it's
1: not necessarily that they're limited to just seeing it but i would say that it makes it much more difficult to prosecute this case beyond uh, beyond it, it close to the happened. border. I think that's it, right. that's the right. burden okay, that's would be higher, not the burden would be higher, but uh, the for a law enforcement officer to actually have the facts necessary to prosecute this case would be very difficult to do so yes. had they not witnessed it or uh, and seen it okay. uh, in person.
0: Well, one of the other arguments about this case, but now once we've talked about it, this is so irrelevant, but one of the, the freak out arguments would be, um, oh, this will cause so much division between the immigrant community and law enforcement and and fear and tension, assemblymen, and and uh, now uh, immigrants or all Hispanics will be less likely to uh, detect crime and call police if they're victims of crime or see other crimes happening, and that's not good for keeping communities safe.
1: Yeah, I, there's just no basis for that, and and this is just uh, fearmongering and and uh, and so unnecessary, and and trying to mischaracterize what SB four does. Uh, if you read the bill and you see uh, those folks that are commenting on it should actually read it and read what the elements for illegal entry are. And it has nothing to do with, with, uh, rounding people up or them having to show their papers or anything of that nature. Uh, that's not at all. What SB4 does.
0: No. Okay. Last question. How many arrests do you expect in let's say the year that it's implemented slash how much capability do you
1: have to arrest like,
0: you know, jails, magistrates, et cetera.
1: Okay. So. Fair question. I would say some of those folks that we're currently prosecuting now housing and housing in our jails long term or longer term that we don't, you know, that it's uh, costing us more money for criminal trespass, we would not have to prosecute those folks for criminal trespass. The elements are different, but uh, but I, I think most of those people, instead of being prosecuted for that, would be prosecuted for this. The other thing is that most of these folks are not going to be incarcerated in my view, long term or detained long term because yes. they're going to choose uh door number one, which is <laughs> uh go back to Mexico. Yes. So uh that's not going to result in additional cost or, or ex- exorbitant cost on counties and law enforcement. Uh those folks are gonna be taken to a port of entry and, and process and dealt with there immediately. Yes, uh yes. but there are beds, Operation Lone Star has over I mean, over 2000 beds. Currently, there are other beds that rotate out that are are bed space available to house these folks in the event that it becomes any kind of burden on uh, county government. And also uh, there's funding available uh, through a grant program to offset some of those costs. And we also have uh, uh, monies. We have over two billion dollars in what we've what the legislature funded this last for this uh, past biennium that could be repurposed and utilized to offset some of those costs. So right. when people look at the bed space and the cost, uh, the, uh, I'm, I'm not there. There, you know, we've got good answers for those about how that would actually happen in some respects, it, we may be spending less money than what we're spending right now, to the extent that we're not prosecuting all these people for criminal trespass. It's really just slowing down the process and not addressing the real problem.
0: And the deterrence is the main key of this too. Exactly. Can the, can exactly. the feds do this?
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, the truth <laughs> is, um, uh, well, here's, here are the facts. The facts are, uh, because this is based on, uh, you know, the, the crime of, uh, illegal entry is, uh, would be 8 USC 1325, illegal reentry, 8 USC 1326, and for the removal, uh, 8 USC, uh, 1225. In the, in 2016, 17, 18, and 19, our federal government removed, uh, on average over 600, or excuse me, 326,000 people a year. 326,800 some odd a year for those four years. And now, to my knowledge, we're not removing anybody. So these laws were actually not only had been in place, but had been utilized by our federal government, both Democrat and Republican administrations uh, for those time periods and and years before that to address this problem. The Biden administration uh, wants to stop it entirely. That's why that's what has prompted this is that nobody's getting removed. They removed 72, only 72,000 uh, in 2022. But for 2023, I don't think we're, we're removing anybody that I hear of. Uh, so certainly not to the level that we were before. So yes, could the feds do this? Absolutely. Have they done it in the past? Absolutely. But the Biden administration chooses uh, to have open borders.
0: Yeah. And now, so now Texas has to do it. And uh, that's unfortunate, but it, it is. And uh, I'm grateful for you, uh, Assuming for, for passing this bill. What is it? So the governor has to sign it. I'm sure he will. And then we're good he to go. Will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I anticipate that'll happen very soon.
0: Uh, tremendous. Uh, Texas Rep David Spiller. Well done, sir. Thank you very much for all this. And thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me anytime. Uh, if you need anything else, holler. Thank you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Keep with the great work. <laughs> thank you, sir. Uh This is great. the The argument that, oh, it'll fill up our jails or whatever no because it'll be a quick turnover like arrest you here's your option door number one door number two i'll take door number one there you go or uno perfect sweet there you go uh and that's it as opposed to what we're doing now with these i create asylum okay well here's your here's your uh could your asylum hearing date uh march 14th 2027 go wherever you want until then like what are we doing all right well done texas I'm American made I got American parts Thanks for listening to Breitbart News Daily Grateful you're here Uh, Always look forward to Friday Because we get to talk to John Nolte And I can't wait to get his take on What we're supposed to talk about today Which were the, the Harvard and Penn And MIT presidents who just beclowned themselves at least the very least beclowned themselves in front of Congress so we'll get his take on that tomorrow Mike Slater Breitbart News Daily have a wonderful day spread the word